very kind words of welcome, and it is indeed a privilege to be here in Clucker Valley today and to share fellowship with each one and have an opportunity of bringing the word of the Lord. I want to say a sincere word of thanks here to the congregation here in Clucker Valley for your prayer support for the plowing outreach that took place there uh, just this week. And uh, thank you all indeed for remembering us and for all your support uh, for that outreach. We had a good time indeed, a very profitable time. 18,000 calendars uh, went out, and um, I think at least 300 copies of the Scripture also were distributed to all age groups, young and old alike. And for that we do thank the Lord. And of course, there was a good deal of gospel uh, literature taken from off the table as well, gospel tracts and uh, leaflets, and we trust the Lord will bless uh, that word that has gone into the homes of many people. But a good number came into the marquee as well. Um, I'm not sure just how many cups of tea and cups of coffee went out, but there were several, several hundred went out. Uh, to all age groups, young people and older people alike, and that was a great opportunity uh, there also. And uh, it was a good time. The weather wasn't great, as I'm sure you can imagine. The Tuesday was never quit raining. Wednesday was a little bit better, and Thursday was a good day. But nevertheless, we had a good profitable time, and we thanked the Lord for what we were enabled for to do. And of course, on the Tuesday, there was a lady uh, came in troubled about her soul and uh, just downcast, and she put her trust in the Lord. She spoke to the Reverend Jonathan Crane. Uh, her name is uh, Jane. Do you remember her in prayer? She has made a profession of faith, and we trust the Lord will bless her and will lead her on. I have to say a special word of thanks as well to her brother, John Irwin. John has been involved in the plowing outreach well, longer than I can remember, and we thank him very much for his faithfulness and for all his hard work that he puts in behind the scenes. And he does do a lot of work behind the, behind the scenes with organizing many things, and uh, of course he works hard as well when he's there, and he keeps it all in line. But we're very thankful to John uh, for all his faithfulness over the years. And uh, we'll trust we'll see him there for many years to come also. But thank you all very much indeed. Well, let us bow in a word of prayer as we turn to the word today. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, that you will bless the word to our hearts this day, we ask. We thank you for everyone who has gathered. For thy goodness and thy mercy to us, we give thee praise. Remember the Reverend Wilson today as he commences his ministry too. And be with him, Lord. And may he know the good hand of the Lord upon him. Bless the word too as we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, now let us turn together for a few moments here in this uh, psalm that we've read together. The Psalm 27. The Psalm 27. We read in the book of Ecclesiastes, in the chapter 1, verse 9, there is nothing new under the sun. There is nothing new under the sun. 
And the psalmist here outlines for us in this psalm many of the difficulties and many of the problems he had to face. It was a difficult time that he passed through. But yet he experienced the good hand of the Lord upon him. And the Lord sustained him and kept him. And the key verse here, I do believe, is the verse 1, where he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So in this time of trial, when he was opposed by many different men, and there was many obstacles set before him, yet he could say, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Now, whatever period of time we think of in the Scriptures, we think of the Old Testament times there, just for example, the days of Elijah. And we think to ourselves, well, these were great days, and so they were. There were days of the moving of the power of God and the blessing of the Lord. And what a precious thing it must have been to have had fellowship with a man like Elijah and Elisha and all the Old Testament prophets, and to hear them speak and to preach. Perhaps there is that desire within us. We wish we could go back just for a few days, back to that, that time, and look at these men, and look at the people of God, and have fellowship with them. And yes, that would be wonderful. But nevertheless, as we know from reading our scriptures, they endured many hard times as well. Times of persecution, and times of trial, and times of fierce opposition. There is nothing new under the sun. And then, of course, we go back to our New Testament days. What days they were. Days when the Spirit of God moved mightily in the land. The days of the apostles. They were days of revival and days of the mighty power of God. But yet, they had to face many persecutions and many trials also. We read there, for example, there in 1 Peter chapter 1 and in the verse 1, where Peter was writing there to the people of God. And he mentions those that were scattered abroad, the people of God that were scattered abroad because of opposition and because of difficulties. Yes, they had great times of blessing, but brethren, they had mighty times of difficulty and opposition also. Now we think of our own days. How do we refer to our times in which we live? Well, we often refer to them, of course, are the days in which we live as very dark times in which we are passing through. Very dark days indeed, and days of confusion. And yet, praise God, in the midst of it all, we have liberty for to meet together, haven't we? There's nobody opposing us coming together this day. We can meet here in this house as often as you want. We can listen to the preaching of the Word of God. But of course, it's never plain sailing. It's never plain sailing for the people of God. There we have it in the Old Testament. We have it in the New Testament. And here's the testimony here of the psalmist David. There are powers of darkness there at work. 
And yet when we think of our day, yes, they are trying times, and times of, of great challenge. But nevertheless, when you think over the past hundred years or so, we haven't been opposed with outright persecution, not like in times gone by. But we never know what we're going to have to face in the days that lie ahead. We never know what's going to be around the corner, what opposition there's going to be. And of course, the Word of God reminds us all that there is such a thing as principalities and powers. There are the powers of darkness, and we don't know what we have to pass through. But if that happens to us in our lifetime, if it comes to pass, and that wouldn't surprise me, we surely can say with the psalmist David, The Lord is my light and my salvation. And note the words here that he adds. He says, Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? He says, The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So that's what we're thinking about today for a few moments. David's testimony. And what a mighty testimony it is. He looks up. He says, the Lord is my light. Now, this is where he starts. He doesn't start with himself. He doesn't commence by looking into himself and feeling sorry for himself and being all cast down. This is where he starts. He looks away from himself and he looks to the Lord. The Lord is my light, he says, and my salvation. And how important that is when we find a time of trial coming upon us. And as I say, we never know what we're going to have to face in the days that lie ahead. But we dare not stop for a moment and start looking inward. Isn't that the way with society today? Isn't that the way with the world? There's no looking up to God. There's no looking out unto the Lord. It's all looking inward. It's all to do with our feelings and how we're feeling and everything else. Oh, dear Christian, we must look out and we must look up unto him. Now, that's where the psalmist here starts and how important that is. Because, you see, if we start looking inward, what do we find there? Well, very often there's nothing there where we become despondent. There's no strength in us in and of ourselves. We'll find nothing but despair and emptiness and confusion and everything else. That's why you must always look up to the Lord. He's our light and he is our strength. And brethren, what a wonderful thing it is to have light. Don't we even appreciate physical light? Oh, but this is spiritual light that we have here. He says, the Lord is my light. This is spiritual light. This is a light here that enlightens the heart, and it enlightens the mind, and it enlightens the understanding. Now, the Christian has a different mind than that of the world. Yeah, the man of the world might be far more capable. He may be very clever in everything else, and he may have a lot of degrees after his name, but if he's not saved, he's in darkness. If he's not saved, he is under the power of Satan. He's under the power of the devil. And that's his standing and that's his position because there's something missing. 
Light is missing. Spiritual light is missing. John there in his epistle has a remarkable statement for us. If we turn to it just for a moment, or I'll read it out here, it is in 1 John. It is in 1 John and the chapter 5, and it's in the verse 19. Speaking here to God's people. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Do you see that? The whole world lieth in wickedness. It lies in darkness, spiritual darkness. But the Christian has the mind of Christ. Christ is our light, and Christ is our salvation. And then these wonderful words in the verse 20. And we know that the Son of God is come, and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. Isn't it wonderful to have this understanding? We have a spiritual understanding. Our eyes have been opened, and we have been awakened, and we have light. So whatever we have to face in this life, whatever disappointments it might be, Whatever the obstacles, oh, how wonderful it is to have light. The Christian has a different mind. That's why the psalmist here in Psalm 27, when he thinks about his enemies, when he thinks about this this dark cloud that has come upon him, that he has to pass through, he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Who am I going to fear? What a wonderful testimony. This is. And of course we know, don't we, the words of our Savior in John chapter 8 and verse 12. He says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The light of life. That's what the Christian has. Don't forget it. When you're tempted and tried, And when, as it were, you feel the the oppression of the enemy coming upon you, when you feel that darkness, aye, and even despair as well, remember this man, remember David. The Lord, he says, is my light and my salvation. He says, whom shall I fear? He's saying, it doesn't matter what I'm going to have to face or what I'm going to have to pass through. God is my help and the Lord is my strength. The world knows nothing of that, and what a pity that is. Isn't that why we go out with the gospel? Isn't that why we pray? Isn't that why we lay hold upon the Lord? That this light, this salvation, would come to many. Dear friend, have you got this light today? Have you been enlightened? Are you saved? Have you come to know the Lord? Are you in Christ? Are you rejoicing in Him? Can you say, yes, the Lord is my light and my salvation? Oh, how wonderful it is. And you ought not to neglect this salvation, but to lay hold upon it immediately. Yes, there is life for a look at the crucified one. And there's life at this moment for thee. And note what he adds here as well to his testimony. He says, not only is the Lord my light, my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. If there was ever a day when we needed strength, surely it is today. He has got strength. 
He's not speaking here about physical strength. A man might be very strong physically. He could lift anything or do anything. But what's he like in his mind? What is he like in his inner man? What is he like when he's alone and in private and when he's away from his friends? What's he like then? Strength. How wonderful it is to have this strength. It is a strength of mind and it is a strength of soul. Yes, he's facing many troubles. He says, whom shall I fear? It's a kind of a challenge that he puts out. It's a challenge that he puts out. And note the words of the Apostle Paul there, turn to him for a moment, just in Romans 8 and in the verse 31. Romans chapter 8 and the verse 31. And the Apostle Paul does the same thing here. It is, he's standing back as it were. He's encouraging God's people. He is saying to God's people, now look at the latter end. Look at the conclusion of it all. Look how things are going to end and finish for you. Are you going to be defeated? Is Christ going to cast you off? Are you going to be forsaken? No, he's not saying that at all. He says there in the verse 31, And what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? The devil is against us. Men may be against us. Governments may be against us. Oh, but they're not going to prevail over God. They are not going to defeat the Almighty. And they're not going to defeat his people. If God be for us, who can be against us? He says here in the verse 35, and what a mighty word it is. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Strength. Not wonderful. More than conquerors. Oh, dear Christian, keep this in mind. Yet maybe I'm speaking to somebody today who is passing through a difficult time. And you're cast down and you feel the effects of it upon your mind, upon your soul. Look up and look out. The Lord is my strength. God is able to see you through. He's able to sustain you. And no matter how the enemy will try or anybody else, there's not one that is able to separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Who shall separate us? None. God is able to keep us. Strength. Yes, isn't this just... It's not just our time, but... I suppose it is in every age. Many live in dread of life today, don't they? They're living in dread and fear of life. What's around the next corner? What's going to happen? What's going to happen to me? Yes, and we can understand that we, we look upon our children and grandchildren even, and we see the challenges that lie ahead. Oh, dear friend, God gives strength. Yes, and household salvation as well. He is able to do it. And then many people are fearing not just the here and now, but the future as well. Their latter end. They don't want to speak about it. 
They don't want any conversation about that at all. They'd rather put it off. Let us eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. The future, death, latter end. Dear soul, are you prepared for your latter end? Are you? How will you die? How will you die? Wasn't it John Wesley said concerning his people back in the day? He says, our people die well. Our people die well. How will we die? Dear soul, there's good news for you in the gospel. And that good news is that Christ came into the world to save sinners. And the moment you trust him, he will save you. And then it doesn't really matter what's around the corner. Whether we live for the next 20 or 40 years or whatever, or whether our lives will be cut short in a moment or time, it'll not matter. We're ready. We're justified. And as the Apostle Paul said, it'll be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. How important it is to have strength in a weak generation that we're in. And I don't say that in any way condemning uh, this can come upon any of us. Uh, rather, we are, we are to pity. Rather, we are to pray. And rather, we are to sympathize with the weak and pray that God would bestow his strength upon them and upon the church of Christ. This great salvation drives away, as it were, the fear uh, in the face of the enemy. Note what he says here in the verse 3. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. And note what he says here in the verse 5. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. And he shall set me up upon a rock. Hide me in his pavilion. That literally means a large tent. His pavilion. I'm in his large tent. It's a shelter or a protection. The protection of his tent. Or you, it can be also interpreted as a large rock, a, a large boulder that can't be moved. So God's people are in that tent. We're upon that rock that no man can move and no man can separate his people from him. That's how we face things today. Note there what the apostle says there in Ephesians. We have it there in Ephesians, or Philippians rather, in the chapter 1, and we have it in the verse 28, the Apostle Paul. And he says, And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you, a sal but to you of salvation and that of God. Be nothing terrified by your adversaries. No, you, we, like the psalmist has said, the Lord is my light. We look out. We look up. And we say to ourselves, the Lord has saved me. He's my strength. And he has brought me into his pavilion. He has brought me in to that place of safety. And he'll be with me and he'll undertake for me. He's residing with the Lord as well. Note what he says here in the verse 4. <clears throat> One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. What's he speaking about here? Well, brethren, what he's speaking about is enjoying God's presence. Are we enjoying the presence of God, you and I? I put the question to myself. Are we really enjoying the presence of God? Or do we spend most of our times moaning and groaning about what's happening? No, we're to enjoy the presence of the Lord. He has given to us His Holy Spirit. He dwells and He resides within us. Praise the Lord. And that's what He's speaking about here. The fellowship of God. He knows God is able, the Lord is able for to keep him. And he's going to keep in close fellowship with him. There's many things, you know, can draw us away and entice us out of fellowship with God. Oh, let us all be faithful in the house of God to worship the Lord. Let us be faithful in our prayer meetings and fellowship one with the other. How important it is. It gives us strength. It gives us help. Then, of course, there is his trials. Verses 9 to 13. And his trials here come through his enemies. In the verse 11, he says, Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Enemies. He's speaking here about men. We're going to have enemies. We're going to have enemies. Those who observe us. Is everybody our friend? Is everybody going to applaud us and pat us on the back as it were? We have enemies in this world. Aye, and even in the religious realm as well. Enemies. The Pope is not your friend. He's your enemy. And all who stand with him. And the hymn writer puts it like this, Is this vile world a friend to grace? Are all going to heaven? No. Oh, we know the, the usual platter we hear today. Oh, we're all good people and we're all going to heaven and we're all going to get there at last. Are all going to heaven? No. Are all men saved? No. Not at all. But then you look at the revivals going back. We go back and read a little bit of history of the revivals. Look at the enemies there. The Welsh revival, revival here, revival in England. Don't we read of, of God's people being stoned, persecuted, thrown into prison, clergymen being fined big sums of money for preaching in the open air? Enemies. Not all men are our friends. But the Lord is our strength. And the Lord is our light. He's praying here that the Lord will keep him. Especially when he feels alone. Nobody says here in the verse 10, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. It's very close at hand, isn't it? We're looking now at the man's household. When his father and mother forsake him, Yes, when uncles and aunts and cousins and everything else 
They may forsake us and give us a right good hard time. But the Lord will take me up. He will sustain me. And he will strengthen me. And then he says a remarkable thing in the verse 13. Nobody says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Is all going to be gloomy? Is all going to be miserable and dark in the days that lie ahead? No. He said, I would have been discouraged, fainted, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Brethren, let us be, let us be cheerful. Let us look out. There's goodness, and there's goodness to come. God is going to do a work. He's not going to abandon his people, and he's not going to abandon his church. But our time is gone. And he says in the verse 14, you note his trust here. And with this we close. In the verse 14, he says, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Note he emphasizes this twice. Wait on the Lord, and he shall strengthen thine heart. He is determined. You know what he's determined to do here? He's determined for, to encourage others to wait on God. Not to run, but to stand fast. It's underlined it. It's emphasized. He wants to strengthen God's people. Isn't it wonderful? We often hear people say, you know, uh, regarding the Scriptures, it's an old book. Forget about it. It's out of date. That was all right for your grandparents or your great-grandparents. That's nothing to say to us today. No. What was written aforetime was written for our time. It's right up to date. He wants to encourage us even here this day. These words come through to us today. They're not out of date. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Dear Christian, as I've already said, you may feel alone. You may feel cast down. You may feel almost like giving up. Don't be discouraged. Keep going on. The Lord is your light and your salvation. There is not one either in hell or upon earth, that can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Dear soul, if you're not saved today, enter into this wonderful salvation. Trust the Lord. Call upon Him. He'll save you. The moment you call, He'll save. Take away your sins. Enlighten your mind. Give you a new heart. Give you a new life. That's being born again. We're all born once. But except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. You need to be born again. And thank God that great salvation is in Christ. The Lord is my light, my, sal my strength. Whom shall I fear? May the Lord bless these few thoughts to us. We're going to sing now... Uh,